It's funny. One night you go to bed, and when you wake up, everything is different. Acting a little peculiar. He's like a completely different person. I don't even know him anymore. Something's gotten into him. Sometimes everything glows with a different kind of light deep into him. What are you telling me? That we killed someone last night? Something bad. <laughs> Something brain damage. It will turn you inside out. This is Wastelands, and I am Adam Obscene. And with me, as always, is the mighty, mighty, mighty. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, Mark. (laughs) Hello, Adam. Hey, you're back at Studio Marco. I know. It's it's a lot more comfortable here than at Studio Obscene. It doesn't smell of rat piss. <laughs> and on that lovely note, we're going to be talking about brain damage, the Frank Hennen Lotter body horror classic that we both love. Oh, I love this, Adam, and and I love that you have gotten back into this recently. What what made you re revisit this movie? I've no idea, but I've been all about Hennen Lotter at the moment. Like mm-hmm. I've been living in the Hennen Lotter. You know, extended, expanded universe of nice. Basket Case, um, Brain Damage and Frankenhooker. And, um, mate, like we were going to talk for a while about what we we're going to like, – that I really wanted to get into this on mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. And we were going to initially go Basket Case, but then we had a last-minute change of – well, I had a last-minute change of heart. So I actually think that there is a better mm. – Intro, intro into Frank Henenlotter's world, yes. and that's this one, the 1988 body horror classic, Brain Damage. A couple of reasons why, too. Mm-hmm. Just a personal account, this is the first Henenlotter film, I think, that we both saw. Yeah, like, sure. You yeah. Know, we, we, discussed, we knew about Basket Case, mm-hmm. but I think... We knew about, but I think when we first saw Brain Damage, we didn't know that the director of Basket Case was the director of no. this movie or Frankenhooker. But no. so we sort of discovered Brain Damage in Los Angeles. You'll be familiar with the world of the obscene Hangover Hall of Fame, where mm-hmm. we would get video nasties and watch them in the morning after a night of heavy partying. <laughs> um, and this one was on heavy rotation. Mark and I watched this a lot um, through the the nineties. Yep, um, and. We thought, well, to, as an introduction, this is a really good one because it's it's just very well put together. I'll give you the quick synopsis. This is yeah, the take yeah. to take for you know the listeners if they don't know. So basically, it's about a young man who has to live with a leech-like brain-eating parasite <laughs> who secretes a highly addictive blue fluid into the 
man's brain routinely, and in return, the man must seek out human victims for the parasite so he can feast on their brains. Brains. Yeah, excellent. Great premise for a movie. Um, it's it's a weird one because it's a I think it's a it's a parable of um, drug addiction. Mm-hmm. It is. So it's a bit deeper than just like a standard horror film because all the scenes of withdrawal and um, people doing stuff like for for you know for the hit and mm-hmm. you know putting families to the side and loved ones to the side and it becomes all about the high is mm-hmm. all through this movie like yeah, it's yeah. actually well deeper than what it sounds yeah absolutely um and it actually gets a little bit tragic in parts of it mm-hmm. but then also it has this classic almost comedic component where the parasite mm-hmm. is effectively looks like a phallic talking turd yeah, it's not pretty. So Alma is the name of this ancient parasite that and in the story goes in the mythology of the movie is that Alma is this ancient being who can be found in every element of history where leaders of the world have have coveted his blue juice and are addicted blue to it. Juice. And his blue juice is secreted into the um the spinal col- cord of uh-huh. his host. Um, and gives like hallucinogenic quality trips. But whilst the victim is in this sort of uh, state of euphoria where there's lights and action and, you know, this this sort of hallucinogenic state, they become the mechanism of like uh, almost they black out, but then they get, they get pick out victims for Alma to feast on their brains and, um, they're none the wiser <laughs> until they wake up in the morning with yeah. blood in their pants and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. So it's a really the blackout sort of component of the you know, do, have partying and blacking out and saying, "Oh, what did I do in the morning?" It's almost like Alma represents the addiction. Yeah, which is that's deep. That's yeah. that that is very deep, but it's very uh, it, it's very apparent, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a big part of the movie. As you're watching it, you go, "Hey, all right, no, there's no pretending. This is this is a metaphor for mm-hmm. drug addiction." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the lead, the lead actor um, in it, and I'm just going to go to my notes, Marco, because yeah. you know my random access memory is shit these days. Yeah, well, that, that fitting for an episode about brain damage. <laughs> hey, I wonder why. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, I wonder why I've got brain damage. It's called the nineties. <laughs> 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 Around the same time we were watching this movie. Absolutely, um, there's a decade you'll never remember. So Rick Hurst was the actor who played the 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 host. He's uh, he was named Brian. Brian. I, f- I find it interesting. This is a site that you know when you your mind goes down rabbit holes. Sure. Brian is only a re- this because I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Um, this maybe is apparent to me, but Brian is only a, a word swap away from brain, right? Yeah. And Brian is damaged in this movie. Uh, brain damage, Brian damage. I don't know. Is I that a love thing? It. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Well, a thing. I just made a thing. It is now. I don't know if anyone made that thing up, but I just made that thing. That's a um, thing. So you've got him. Look, it's a bunch of no-name actors because mm. you know what? What? It's a budget of nothing. Really, this film Frank Frank Henenlotter, even though he had the success of Basket Case in 1982, I think. So this was 1988. Mm-hmm. He still had no monies. He is not. <laughs> um, people sort of say, "Oh, he's a horror comedy body horror." Sure. He calls himself an exploitation director. Okay, and um, and 
his films are exploitative, mm-hmm. but not in a nasty way. And, with, no. and we'll we'll get into this in our late episodes about my uh, re- realization of what our wheelhouse actually is around exploitation and nasty films and comedy and all that sort of stuff. Sure, but um, Frank Hanlotter just had this amazing ability to make films out of no monies. A bit like Don Dola mm-hmm. that we've spoken about, who yeah. was the director of The Fiend. Fiend, yeah. Um, so just a little side things on this film is like he just had no money. So he had to film all the things in one, like with all the parts of the film, if they was multiple sets, mm-hmm. they didn't have enough money to have the set multiple sets at the same time. So if it was all in Brian's apartment, all those shots got done there. Then they pulled that down and then they build another set and do all the hospital shots. So oh, it was going to be hard. So it was, the film was made out of sequence. So they okay, now, you know, and that's, you don't pick that up. The other thing too is this film, hmm. I think it's final cut before release got, got to 66 minutes. Now that doesn't make a feature film. It <laughs> won't get through the, at the back in the 80s, the, the census, the, the, the ratings boards who actually classified to be released as a feature film. Mm. So he went back and put it back together <clears throat> um, with all the bits that were cut out of the film. And that no. got it to 87 minutes, which is still a really short film. Sure. Um, but I think that that actually helps in its pace because a lot goes on in this movie, Mark, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. So the pace is really the pace is really good. Yeah, yeah. It is well paced. And um, so I guess where they say there's, there's a unique style of film that comes out when there's no monies. It's, there's a lot of restraint, but there's interesting parts with it. And like I've mm. read up a lot about this film, so I'm going to like impart on you what I've learned about this. Yeah, film yeah, since yeah. Like, I want to hear what you think about this movie. Alma has this noise. It's a squelching... Oh, no, it's almost like... It, it, it's it's funny because he looks like a turd <laughs> um, and he has these tiny little eyes. He has a mouth that sort of hinges and opens. There's all these teeth and it's really weird. But the mm. noise he makes when it's squelching, it's, 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 it's truly disgusting. Yeah. That sound is actually... Um, so the guy who plays Brian, Rick Hurst... Apparently, uh, he would get really bad stomach grumbles if he'd drink coffee on an empty stomach. And being a, a movie with no budget, yeah. clearly there wasn't much in the way of uh, catering. Sure. And Don, <laughs> so no way. Frank and Hodder, Frank, um, Frank Henlotter heard this <laughs> and sent Rick into the um, sound studio with a microphone up against his stomach yeah. and recorded the gurgling of, of his stomach and that became the noise of Alma no the parasitic uh, blue spurting um, drug feet. That's uh, great. So, you know, there's those sort of stories in it which I think is just piss funny. I right? didn't know that. That's awesome. There's a coffee saving the day again. Oh, you know, it's like it's caffeine's. Um, there's yeah. a couple of notable actors in this that were not notable for any other reason that they were in Brain da- uh, Basket Case. Yep. So notably Be- Beverly Bonner, who was the neighbour in to Dwayne in Basket Case mm-hmm. in the horrible mm-hmm. flea bitten hotel. Yep. Is also the neighbour of um, Brian in this movie. Nice. So there's a nice crossover to that. Yeah. You can't talk about this movie without acknowledging the scene. 
maybe three quarters of the way through where um, Brian's on the train in the subway mm. and he sits directly opposite um, the actor that played – oh, I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> the guy who plays Dwayne in Basket Case effectively uh, is <laughs> – Sorry, I'm just my head's just going fine. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird scene. It's like Brian sitting on the train, and directly opposite yeah. him is is this guy holding a basket. Yes, and it is actually, um, <laughs> and it is actually the the actor who played um, Dwayne Kevin Vander Hentenrick. I hate that name. It's hard to say. It's um, a long name, and, and it's uh, he's sitting there holding a basket. And it is clearly it's Dwayne. Yeah. Like so, it really. If there was any doubt that brain damage and Barca case weren't in the same universe, it totally wipes that out. It's just like yeah. these two protagonists of these two of the two big films at this point that um, yep. Hen and Lotter had done come yep. face to face. What's Incredible. hilarious about that is that Kevin uh, had short hair, <clears throat> and so when he did the cameo, he's not even like. I think he, in the, in the credits, he's not even um, credited as being Dwayne. It's man on subway with basket. Oh, that's great! Um, but he was wearing he had to wear a wig, and the <laughs> wig is so bad. It's like an Eddie Van Halen sort of. Like, it's like it looks it looks like a wig, right? Yeah, so what's yeah. going on with Dwayne's hair? Yeah, but um, it's a really nice throwback to um to basket case. Yep. So and what I like about it is that Dwayne's carrying uh, spoiler alert if you don't know anything about basket case. Carries his brother Belial in a basket. Yeah, um, but it's so weird. But Brian is carrying Alma in the back of his neck. So oh, like yeah. this, this normal, this everyday normal sort of like sitting on a a subway thing is like they're both carrying these weird anomalies. Yeah, that are hidden from hidden from view. Everybody else yeah. from view. Yeah. So like that's I think that's really really cool. <laughs> this is like carrying around a. You know, like people with addictions and people with secrets are, mm. you're like literally carrying them around. Like, and it's interesting because they're both. It's that true. It's like carrying around, you know, a burden or you know, mm. like addiction mm. is a burden, and like mm. Dwayne definitely does that and carrying his brother Belial around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and addiction with uh, Alma is like, you know, he's 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 carrying. It's a, the weight of the world on you know his yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Uh, so that's so that's an interesting little bit. I, I think love um, that. there's a couple of really cool uh, factoids that do go with it. Like it is a pretty gory movie. Yeah. Um, but it's not a gory movie that would make you go ouch. But there is <laughs> one particular scene where it's a victim he uh, Brian goes out to a nightclub and he picks up a girl and they go up to the rooftop and they get they go to get intimate and there's a pretty a, a pretty confronting fellatio moment where yep. basically it looks like that she's going to I'm gonna say this tastefully, pleasure Brian. Sure. And then Albert comes shooting out of his pants into oh, no. into um into the poor victim's mouth and eats her brains through her mouth. Good um, grief. Now it's 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 pretty brutal the scene and it's you know suggestive as fuck. <laughs> well not even suggestive as fuck. It's showing you right on the it's, screen. Yeah. But apparently that scene, the crew walked out. No. They're going, no, that's Frank, that's too much. Can't do it. Oh it's funny though, at what point does a crew walk out and go, That's too much? Yeah. Well, like like we, after they filmed it? Yeah, it was just like, hang on a second, we're not going there. Um but funnily enough that happened on Basket Case too, and one of this there's a scene 
Yeah, right. There's a scene, and we'll, we'll talk about Basket Case in another episode. But I'll sure, sure. We, but, yeah, this happened a lot, apparently, to uh, Frank Hannon-Lotter, the yeah, cruiser right. booker. You know, Frank, you've just gone too far. Well, you're, you're working on an exploitation flick. Yeah, come on, mate. <laughs> yeah, come on, you, You're still getting paid at the end of the day. Um, so that was – that. I think that was <laughs> – but, yeah, it's a pretty awkward, hard scene to watch. But yeah. It, but, it, you know, you, if you're going to sit into a um, – you, you, you know what you're in for when you when – when you pop – the VHS of brain damage in the in the player, you know what you're gonna get. Surely, That's it. it's the director of Basket Case, mate. You're not you're not gonna get you're not gonna get rabbits and, yeah. and deers in a loving Disney tale. You know? No, 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 no. Um, so look, there's there's a couple of um, great Easter eggs in this. Uh, there's and there's a couple of great Easter eggs for us because mm-hmm. it's sort of our wheelhouse. Is on the table in Brian's apartment. Mm-hmm. It's a copy of Cujo. Ooh. Now, it's interesting because Cujo is the album, the album, the book that Stephen King wrote, and he's openly said that he was so deep in cocaine addiction when he wrote that mm-hmm. um, novel that he can't even remember writing it. Oh, God. Now, I think that you know, this might be – this is when I draw weird That's incredible. connections. Sure. But one of the main – Elements of uh, Brian's relationship with Alma is that he, when he's high on the blue juice, he doesn't remember yeah. um, getting the victims. Oh, right. You know, wow. So, you know, that memory loss component is interesting. Uh, Frank Hennenlotter, speaking huh. about addiction, Frank Hennenlotter um, had was also on the uh, the old whiz fizz. He didn't mind the cocaine. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he got clean uh, um, and wrote the script based on his experiences of getting clean oh okay so oh interesting so that was i so like that uh a couple other cool things the posters in brian's apartment there's a Bauhaus poster cool there's also a susie and the banshees poster lovely and after the first victim scene where the first atta- uh, murder scene uh brian wakes up back in his apartment blood everywhere mm-hmm. above his bed there's a slayer's a slayer raining blood poster nice yeah so it's raining nice. blood and he's covered in blood yeah uh, see what he did there oh i see that uh what else have, <laughs> what else have i got here um oh look it's interesting because like there's a there's there's an old couple that uh have at the start of the film who keep elmer in a bathtub Mm-hmm. And they sort of uh, they they figured out how to sort of keep him weak by feeding Alma animal brains, and Alma gets out. Uh. But it, all through the movie, this couple overplay it so much that they're sort of like, "Give he's owls, he's owls, and stuff." That couple I love so much yeah. because they are withdrawing hardcore. <laughs> yeah. But um, but there's a there's a confrontation at the the, at the end of the movie, and Alma injects a super load of blue juice into Brian's head in the scene. Mm-hmm. It's all the synapses of the blue juice. It's the close-up scene, it's like the, the needly thing goes in his brain. It's it's actually squirting blue dye into a brain of some description. It's pretty full-on, right? Yeah. Um. So then he has a, a – it's really open-ended, though, that does that actually kill Brian or is it an overdose? It sort of just ends. Yeah, yeah. So I think it leaves it open-ended that did he or didn't he oh, yeah. die – not, could have could have been open for a sequel, maybe. I think it might have been. Brain yeah. damage two. Brain damage two. Brain damage harder. Yeah. <laughs> Brain damage another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, just like having a course. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's all I really have <coughs> to say, except for the fact that Frank Hennenlotter's characters, the main protagonists, so you've got Dwayne in Basket Case, you've got Brian in Brain Damage, mm-hmm. and the third film that came out in 1990, which is Frankenhooker, yep. has a sort of mad scientist sort of dude in it mm-hmm. um, called Jeffrey. Okay. I think those guys could have all been triplets. Like yeah. They're pretty much the same kind of character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the, there's a bit of a formula there, and I think that that helps in feeling comfortable with the types of movies because you go, like, he's a down and out sort of relatable, geeky kind of main characters in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Even though one had his brother cut off, the other one's girlfriend. Um, yeah. The other one has a parasitic uh, parasitic drug addiction yeah. to a slug that looks like a penis. And Frankenhooker is like the guy's <laughs> girlfriend get, has an unfortunate lawn mowing accident and he brings <laughs> her back with parts of hookers from a land. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a really, it's just mov- three movies about some regular Joes yeah. getting some weird shit happened to them with a bit of body, body horror and i think there's no love that i don't know if the listeners are in understand know the the you know the horror the sub-genre of in horror body horror yeah it's yeah it's it's, it's very it's very niche but it's like frank yeah, and sure just is. totally is in that in that that oh, wheelhouse he, he really is but there's actually another one. If the, the, there's actually another film, which isn't a Frank Hannon lot of film, but totally could be, is an Australian film called Body Melt. Uh, and it's, I don't um, know if I've seen that. And it's actually an interesting movie because it's it was I think it was meant to be an anthology film, so made mm-hmm. up of lots of short stories. But somewhere in the middle of it, they tried to stitch them all together and make it a one movie. So it is gotcha. actually random as fuck. But it's actually about these this vitamin company giving vitamins to a test subject community and something goes wrong and they, they melt. Whoa. Know? And it's pretty okay. brutal. The note, and it's got like, um, it's got a bunch of Aussie actors in it that you'd know from soaps, but particularly it's got um, Harold Bishop from Neighbours in it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, That's but, great. But that movie that. could totally be what was happening in Australia. Yeah. Is like it, I think it's in the Frank Hannon Lotter MDU. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, nice. Um, an, another body horror one that I've seen that I didn't know existed until a couple of years ago was um, Society. Oh, Society with that kid from Baywatch. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty outrageous movie. Oh, there's a the, the thing about Society that really sticks with me mm. is that scene because it's like this. This it's this this guy gets into it's like it's a country club and it goes all fruity because like all these people start merging into each other but there's oh, you man. know and it's they become like bubblegum they have like this weird like orgiesque scenes and they just bodies merge <coughs> it's but, odd but there's the first scene when it happens is that they're having an orgy and then this one guy pops up and a head comes out of an ass and he talks to the <laughs> the kid from Baywatch I've never been able to forget that scene it's like. Yeah, but society is totally <laughs> there. It's it's, like, oh man, it's, it's out, out of this world. Yeah, I got so that on. There. I got. I watched that on VHS when it came out at the video shop. <laughs> of course, no idea what it was about. And you know when you're like actually watching a movie and going, yeah. What yeah. Am I watching? yeah, I'm too young for this. Yeah. Um, oh mate, we've got to watch society again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should uh, do a little bit of a body horror. 
body. Movie whole. marathons. Absolutely, yeah. because you know, and I think what we'll do, listeners, is we will do a a basket case um, show, but we'll do all three in a one because there's just oh, no, it'd be great. Like, that's just that those three movies. I I watched them over. Was it? It was probably over. The, was it just before the Christmas break when I was telling? I was. Yeah. I just was all about basket case. Yeah, yeah. And I think I did them one after another in three mm-hmm. nights in a row. Yeah. And that was just the best way to revisit those films. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. Intensive. Uh, we, we, yeah, and I, I really want to hear you, um, you know, I- explain the your ideas about the Hen and Lotter universe as well and their interconnectedness. It is. Um. It is. There's a lot. There's a lot in there, and I think that. And uh, and it's not new. I think that there's probably old stuff, but it'll. It's a good. It's a good topic for discussion. And as we mm. talk about, we'll do Basket Case in future episodes, and we will also do Frankenhooker. And there's a fourth movie uh, that he did. He like he went off the off the books for a while and didn't do any movies. And then mm. he's and I think even recently, it was like 2015, he did another body horror. Can't oh, think wow. of it off the top of my head, but we'll get to it. We'll know, get to it. We'll, we'll we'll fill you in. Lots. Um, we should probably do this bit. Body count, body count. So the body count on this film is not as high as you would think it would be. So it's seven kills. Seven kills, glorious kills. We mentioned before it's only 87 minutes. It was originally 66, so the kills per minute would have been more. But at the moment, we had 87 with seven kills, it's point. Zero eight kills a minute, which effectively makes it one kill every twelve point four two minutes. Love it. Body count. Body count. That's the first body count of the year. Nice. Uh so look, that's um, we're we're really at the end of that. Yeah. Bit. I don't know if there's much more to say without actually scrolling through the notes, but. Frank Hannon Lotter, awesome, resourceful director, body horror exploitationist, does a nasty film, but not so nasty that it makes me feel bad on the inside. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Hangover Hall of Fame entry. Yeah. Uh, got it on VHS. Mm-hmm. I think it's, oh, it's worth mentioning it's on Tubi at the moment. Oh, so, it is? Yeah, yeah so you Excellent. can watch. And, and I think actually. Basket Case 1, 2, and 3, and Frankenhooker all on Tubi. So if you want to get ahead of the game, Lawson doesn't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. dial that shit in and watch it. And um, send us a message about what you think about them. You can um, catch yeah, us please on do. all the socials at Wastelands Radio Show. You can email us at wastelandsradioshow at gmail.com. Thank you. You can go to the website, which is wastelands.com. Au. If you don't like going and subscribing to this, the uh, podcasting streaming services, you can get the show directly from there. Yeah. You can also get hints, tips, and recipes like Flo Bialki Peterson's pumpkin scone recipe. <laughs> oh no! Um, yes, maybe. And um, yeah, and we're all on the all on the podcast platforms. Uh, just type in at Wastelands Radio Show. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like send us a message, and if you feel like it, just swing us a, a cheeky five star rating and a good comment and a review because oh, it helps be us get the wastelands goodness out to the multiverse. Love it. 
That's a great, great rapper. Eh? The metaverse, which has got only got like four people in it at the moment, or yeah, some that's shit. Right. What a waste spark. of money that crap was. Yeah, for sure. Talk about wasteland. <laughs> wasted money land. Yeah, wasted money land. Um, <laughs> look at the punnage. <laughs> There's a tonnage of punnage. Uh, what are we gonna do next? Marco? I reckon while we're on a roll, ads, we should do Basket Case, and then after that, Frankenhooker. And if we feel like it, let's do some music too. Okay, that sounds like a plan. So next fortnight, we will be heading into the basket of Frank Hen and Lotter's trilogy, Basket Case. Uh, remember, get onto it and, you know, Watch it. Get on Tubi. Watch it beforehand. Chuck mm. us a message. Let us know what you think about it, and we'll talk about it on air. Sounds bloody good, Ad. Marco Mark. Yes, oh yes. Is there anything more you'd like to add? It's good night from me. And it's good night from home. There is no escape to hear your cries. <laughs> Like this.